I want to start the show with posing a really quick question. If you now, like golf, isn't as uh, as sexy as football is, but yeah. if if you were Travis Kelsey or you're Ben Piero, you're the golfer, and you had a celebrity like girlfriend that you like randomly started dating, not Taylor Swift per se, but like who would you want it to be? It would never be Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> really, you really you aren't into her? No way. God. Do, you at least, do you at least like her music? No, we've been over this. Oh come on! I don't. I don't listen to. I don't. I don't. Literally, you could look at my Spotify. I don't have a single Taylor Swift song. I just. I think she's like. I just. I don't understand. I, I just. Maybe it's because I'm like. I don't know. I'm just not that in. I'm just not into her music. I'm just not. I just. Every song, is about a boy. It's like, how many dudes have you been with? <laughs> like, well, uh, well, she's been with Harry Styles. She was with, uh, Real quick. Maddie Healy, 1975. Okay. Okay. Dave okay. Gyllenhaal. All right. Here's the thing. One of the biggest turnoffs for me is when a woman will constantly talk about like exes and guys that she's gone on dates with. I hate that. Any guy hates that. It's not just me. Okay. And ladies, if, if there are any women listening to this, don't do that because it's a serious turnoff to any dude who has a brain. Okay. Unless I think, like, I, I, I think her coping mechanism is to write about the guys. She doesn't talk about it to, to her boyfriends. It doesn't matter though. If, if every, he should, you know, you didn't realize he's going to be another song. Like that's what's oh, gonna, the, he's yeah, gonna be, we, yeah, we're another song in the next album. And that's, what's going to happen. For, but for me though, if I had to pick, Man, I could definitely see you with like Kira Knightley. I don't know who that is. She's the girl from Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know who that is. Um, doesn't watch golf. Clearly, doesn't know celebrities. Yikes! Shut up. Uh, I'd go. My my all time celebrity crush is uh, Brooklyn Decker, but she's married to Andy Roddick. But if she if she wasn't if she was not married or not in a relationship. Oh, I would slide into those DMs so fast. I think she's amazing. I think she's beautiful. She's married to Andy Roddick. Yeah, you didn't know that. No, I did not. Yeah, he like kind of. not. Was he had to like convince her to like go on a date with him or something? There's a uh, there's a relationship that like doesn't make any sense, and I'm trying to figure out. Oh, it's um. Travis oh, Col- Taylor Swift. No, no, it's Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. <laughs> like, um, like, like, how the fuck did he get her? That to me makes zero sense. I don't know, man. Yeah, honestly, yeah. For me, what's yours? For mine's Brooklyn Decker. Oh man, uh, I, I, I have a couple. Um, give me, give me one, and then give me your number one, and then I'll give you a back if you give me a backup. The number one's Margot Robbie. Oh, I was gonna say she's my easy, backup. easy. Yeah. She, she's the easy number one. Oh, she's. Oh, a man. backup? <gasps> a backup is between like Kate Upton and Emma Watson. Oh, Emma Watson from Harry Potter. Well, like not when she was in Harry Potter, when she was no, like no, a. No, I'm just no, no, no. Yes. I that. I'm saying like <laughs> yes, yes, was yes. The, the girl from Harry Potter who was also in multiple other things, but is now typecasted for being in Harry Potter. Okay, moving on. All I'll say is just go listen to Getaway Car, and I think you'll become a uh, an A Swifty pretty quick. Get in the hole!
six years ago at Worcester Country Club, Walter Hagen said, we're playing a golf event, Britain versus the USA, and we're going to make it the best damn thing in golf history. Whether or not it's turned into that is, is to be seen, but the Ryder Cup makes its historic trek to Rome. I was saying this beforehand, the third continental European Ryder Cup ever, which sounds crazy, considering it's been going on for 96 years and there's been been 20 some odd events in uh, on the European side. But while last while two years ago, the team USA had their best or second best route of the European side since dating back to the 70s, we finally get back to Europe where the USA looks to conquer and get over the hump of three straight European Ryder Cups where they have lost in historic fashion all three times. Ben Piero, Stephen McAvoy here on the Get in the Hole podcast. Welcome in. Brought to you by our friends, the PHI Apparel Co. Get all your gear, whether it be underground sports, anything Eagles, especially with Jason Kelsey, anything for the Sixers, the Flyers, the Wings, any team you need, they got it there. PHIapparel.co. Go check them out. Again, PHIapparel.co. Ben, the 44th Ryder Cup and all roads lead to Marco Simone Golf and Country Club in Roma. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking as we get as we get right into the swing of things for Ryder Cup week? You know, it's I think it it's shocking to think that this is only I thought it was the second, but I guess it's the third time they've ever been to continental Europe. But um third, yes, yeah, sorry. Third. It's third. Okay. Um first first glance at the course online, I think it's like your perfect match play style course uh, a lot of placement off the tee rolling fairways undulations the fairways kind of move and you have some water some fescue uh, a lot of bunkering uh some some water that comes into play on some of the greens on the approach shots it's and the greens are undulating they're rather large you have some you have some pitching areas as well and i know we're going to get into that later in the show like the overall um style of the course and the conditions but it's the perfect match play kind of course you know and that's really what i look for with a Ryder cup how is the course going to hold up in match play because there are some courses that are just built for it mm-hmm. and then there are some courses that it's just it should be a stroke play thing so uh, I think it's going to be a great event. Um, we'll make our predictions later. I know I already made my prediction uh, a couple weeks ago, but that hasn't changed. So, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be a great week. Uh, two very talented rosters. It's it's actually nice to see both rosters get younger now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last time the U.S. played, the, the last time the Ryder Cup was played, the U.S. won, obviously, and pretty, like, crazy. Yeah, it was very convincing. And it looks like the Europe has finally kind of moved out of the uh the glory days, you know, you know, two thousands Ryder Cup teams with uh, you know, Luke Donald and Ian Poulter and Sergio. Those guys are kind of Paul Casey, those guys are all kind of pushed out the door. So I think it'll be very interesting to see two relatively young teams go at it yeah i think this and i've been beating the beating the dead horse for the last two weeks here the fact that we're getting the first Ryder cup and i believe it's been what 12 15 years 
where you have a roster that, that isn't comprised of Ian Poulter, Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood. It's nice. And you're also seeing for the first time in a while where while the USA team actually has has the more experience, which like usually never even happens, now you're almost translating it from the USA has experience, but the European side is hot. Just like what it was the complete opposite in 2021, the European team ha- had a lot of experience, but a 2021 roster, Dustin Johnson was one of the was one of the premier golfers in the world. Patrick Cantlay had, had just gotten off the um, the Fenders Cup Championship. You had a ton of top talent, even at that point too. The guys on the back end of the roster, Bryce DeChambeau, uh, were 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 pointing out tremendous numbers when he was in, in his booking era. We're now seeing a complete flip flop, and I think that's really going to really set the stage for an incredible week. Uh, both teams are really hot, both looking to succeed. I'm super excited uh, for this. I know a lot of people don't love the Ryder Cup because it's it's as you had said in the pre-show, it's a bit it's a little bit overrated. Uh, I could totally understand that, but I think from a nationalistic pride standpoint, just how people have the Olympics and we have uh, the World Baseball Classic and FIBA and all that, this is really golf stage uh, for the USA and really the the, the the founders of golf too in the in, in the British Isles and in, in Europe to show off beautiful golf courses and give us a really beautiful game and, and if, in a format that we don't usually say. Obviously, we'll talk about all that in, the, in a hot second, but... I want to launch the show off with a bit of a history lesson here. We already talked about a couple of key points, but it's kind of to set the stage here uh, for Marco Simone this week in Rome. Obviously, the 44th running of the Ryder Cup. Uh, Team USA has not won here since 1993. If you look all the way back to that point, uh, Tiger Woods was not even a rookie yet on tour. It was Phil Mickelson's rookie year, which sounds crazy to think about as well. Uh, That was back at the Belfry in England. They have never won on continental European soil, the European side is 2-0. In 2021, of course, the USA had their biggest or second biggest win uh, stateside ever. They had 19 points, only surpassed by their 1967 win at 23.5 points, which is the largest deficit in Ryder Cup history. A fun note here that I saw, uh, the all-time records, Team USA in 43 events, 27-14-2. Europe is 14-27-2. However, they're 9-3 since 2002. So clearly we're seeing a, a really strong European side, and it's only gotten better since then with John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, of course, being how good he's been. Uh, and then the other, the other part to all this, of course, is the um, the drama between Liv and the PGA, and we'll talk about that once we get to the teams, but how that has also shaped up these rosters as well, because arguably if it wasn't for that, we probably would see Sergio Garcia uh, and others in a Ryder Cup like this. Let's just dive right in because we have a we have lots to cover within an hour. I want to be able to get everything in. A little bit, bit of a course confidential breakdown. Marco Simone Golf Club, Golf Club, you had mentioned. Perfect for match play. It's what everyone's been saying. Dan Rappaport came out and said that this is like the ultimate match play golf course. And he said he'll be shocked if Beth Page can top it in two years, which pretty big words to say for, uh, for a course like Beth Page. But – Give us a little bit, bit, bit of a breakdown, things that you've seen so far that will attribute either to one team or the other, things that you noticed. What are the keys uh, about the golf course that are going to impact these golfers this week? Well, like anything in match play, who, whichever, whoever is more cons- – like anything in – like any one in match play, whoever is the, mo- the more consistent golfer or this consistent, you know, two-on-two you know, two two pairing, whatever – 
that's the those are the the teams that are going to win. Uh, match play is all about consistency. Who drives at the straightest? Who doesn't make mistakes? And who puts the best? When you have really good putters, that is a recipe for success, especially in match play, because you're just you're never out of a hole. That's the thing. When you're a really good putter, you're never out of the hole. Um, I remember it used to be called the Accenture Match Play Championship. You know, back when I used to watch golf and now I don't. Um, um, but it was in 2011 and Luke Donald won. And I don't really remember Luke hitting that many amazing iron shots. It was at this course called Dove Mountain in uh, somewhere in Arizona. I don't Tucson, I think it was. Um, and he hit some unbelievable short game shots and made some unbelievable putts. And he just dominated the field. He did. He just dominated the field that week. And that's really, and ironically, he's the captain for Europe um, as I'm talking about this. But that's what you're looking at. You're whichever team has really like the best short game and the best putting and who makes the least, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes, that's the team that's going to end up winning. That's just how it is in match play, whether it's individualized or more of a team format. So, uh, but as far as the course goes, um, I, it's like we said, it's the perfect match play course. It's a placement course off the tee. You have to really get into the greens because the greens are so large. Um, and also you have water that kind of encroaches some of the greens, some short, some pitching areas, fairway areas that kind of run off the sides and everything. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a, an awesome test. So uh, I'm not sure about the weather this week though. What's the weather looking like? I will get you that in a hot second, but Marco Simone, uh, for those of you who, have, who are not, who are unfamiliar with the DP world tour, we obviously don't talk much about uh, the European side on this show, but uh Every year since 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 2021, so for the last three years, Marco Simone's hosted the Italian Open, uh, which has been a hotbed for a lot of the guys on the European side. They obviously have much more experience playing the golf course than the Americans do, a part of the DP World Tour. Uh, par 71, 71, 81 in yards. Uh, a beautiful part of Marco Simone in the mountains of Rome. 170 feet of elevation, uh, which is going to lead for a lot of re- really long drives like... Ben said, really big greens. The approach game is not nearly as important as it is to drive it and drive it accurately. Despite it having relatively wide fairways, it's still a placement game at the end of the day, and the rough has shown for it. Uh, the rough is the thickest it's ever been in a Ryder Cup matchup. They've been growing this thing out for three years uh, to, get it to, to get it to the perfect lengths. You had mentioned how important it is for consistency on teams. I want to point out a... Uh, a tweet that we saw, and I, I sent it to you pre-show. That kind of gives you like an idea of not only the t- kind of the teams and pairings that we're going to see, but also the overall uh, gist of what to expect from a golf course like this, and how certain players and certain play types are going to be uh, affected. So this is from. Let me get the the tweet correct, so I know exactly who, who it's from. Uh, it's from from Jamie Kennedy, Jamie Kennedy, uh, director director of social media at Golf Digest. He had said that based on the way certain teams go about things, player A will be handling the odd holes, player B handling the even holes in terms of their tee shots, and then showing the alt the alt shot format, at least in um, in foursomes, this is the kind of thing you think you're going to be seeing. So obviously you want to have certain players on certain sides 
that are going to be really good off the tee. They'll obviously be handling it, handling it on specific hole situations. You also notice player B is the one handling, for the most part, a lot of the short game, a lot of the approach play. You're going to see a guy who won't necessarily hit it as far. Player A will be hitting it further. It's a very on and off game, and, you, and let me pull this off. You'll see it's relatively even in the short game side, but there's obviously a big-time lean between who's on the approach shot and who's on the putting side. So looking for teams who are capable of that, according to what, to what Jamie said, teams that you very well might see. Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley fit this perfectly. John Rahm and Tyrrell Hatton fit this really well. Scheffler and Burns, Fleetwood and Fitzpatrick, you kind of see the gist that, that I'm getting at. So I wanted to point that, that out for the viewers to kind of give a general idea of what to uh, expect in a situation like this. So, yeah, pretty much uh, pretty simple as a overall course layout, I think. It's, uh, again, not anything too crazy. Grass was something that I was really that I was interested in pre-show, and I finally got the answer to it. Uh, so past Palin Fairways, which actually you had never even heard of, so I'll explain it here. Uh, it's a alteration of Bermuda grass. So you can obviously explain exactly what, what Bermuda grass is uh, to the viewers, but it's a weed as, as opposed to a general grass. Uh, it creates a bit of bit of spottiness around the fairway. So there are areas where it'll be harder to hit off of than others. It'll just be tougher and rougher. Uh, but otherwise, fescue rough, bent grass greens. We already know the story with bent grass greens. They have them all over the PGA Tour, lightning fast, typically. Uh, I think if I was reading the tweets right, it's rolling at about a 13-14. So... Pretty good uh, expectation, but is there anything thing, thing that you can give in terms of the grass that might be a factor for some of these guys uh, in terms of pass palum helps the ball sit up a little bit? Well, that it'll only help guys at that point. Well, actually, it it won't. Uh, if it's really a, well, no, it's it's a type. Bermuda is the worst grass you can hit off of. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. You never oh. you can be in the middle of the fairway. The best grass to hit off of is zoysia. Because the butt, you never get a bad lot. The ball just sits up. It's almost like literally, it's on like a mini tee constantly. I've hit off of it before in Arkansas. Um, the second best grass to hit off of, in my opinion, would be bent, like a bent grass. You know, that's kind of, you know, sometimes you can get some not so great lies, but generally speaking, it's fairly easy to hit off. You don't have to, you don't have to deal with grain. You know, the grain's not, you know, running into you. If it is, it's, it's not. Uh, penalizing uh, in any in any way, you know, you're not scared of chunking it and laying sod over it or stubbing it. Bermuda is like the worst grass to hit off of. Uh, it doesn't grow very well. It can grow in all different directions. That's why you see guys when they go down to Florida or they're in South Carolina, anywhere down south, uh, Georgia. Like I mean, I dealt with this this week at uh, at the pre qualifying stage for Q School. I mean, you get like tight Bermuda stuff, tight Bermuda fairway grass with the grain into you. That is like a pain in the ass to have to chip off of. Like, that's why you see guys like taking divots and stuff when they, when they hit pitch shots or chip shots. Like you'll see grass kind of sticking up. Um, like, it's funny. I always talked like Mike Bender, as everybody knows, that's my swing coach. By the way, he's going to be there this week. Um very cool. Um, he uh, he said one of the reasons he decided to build his academy in Florida is because Florida is like the worst place to play golf. It's the most difficult place to play golf in the world. And one of the reasons he listed was because of the grass. 
funny because everyone goes to Florida. Look, if for yeah, I mean oh, the if, irony. Yeah, if I had the money, I'd go to California, but I don't. So, but um, look, it's it's very very difficult. I mean, you could be in the middle of the fair when the ball just sits down. So, look, then again, these guys are playing a professional golf course with a professional maintenance staff. So. It won't be as bad as, say, someone who's playing on the mini tours or someone who's playing in the pre-qualifying stage of Q school, blah, blah, blah. So, By the way, I didn't get to congratulate you on your uh, your advancement from from pre-qualifying to the first day. So, so congrats to you, Ben. We're... Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, if anybody's wondering, I shot 68 in the final round <laughs> to punch my ticket to first stage. If anybody's wondering, so... After um, after two days of texting, goes, oh, I'm gonna go low, I'm gonna go low. Fuck, I didn't go low. After the second day, I was I was in the, I was in a mood. I didn't text a lot of people after the second day. <laughs> you know what? Look, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you it doesn't matter how you got there, so long as you're there. That's really all. That's 100 percent true. And who knows? I might. I you know I'm kind of working on a caddy right now for first stage. So no, Stephen, it's not going to be you. So, well, where is it? Yeah, I don't know yet. I'm going to find out at the, the end of the week. Let me know. I'm not – you're not catting for me. All right, deal. We're going to take a short break. On the other side, we'll talk about what everyone's been thinking about the teams, who's being paired up, who's playing four sums, who's playing four ball, and who is going to play in those rugged singles matches to hoist the Ryder Cup. We'll be right back here on the Get No Podcast. The Get in the Whole podcast is brought to you by our fantastic merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the world of golf. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd rocking your Get in the Whole podcast official and first edition merch. This is the first time in show history that the Get in the Whole podcast has had merch. So you don't want to miss out. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel. Rock that Get in the Whole Podcast merch out in the wild. Send it to us. Tweet at us at Get in the Whole Pod when you're rocking your merch. Big thank you to PHI Apparel Company for being the best merch on the planet. Now. Back to the show. All right, Ben. Just about everybody and their mother has been wondering who the hell is going to be paired up, who is going to be involved in each of the matches. We had already discussed a little bit in terms of the teams that you might see based on the chart from our good friend Jamie Kennedy. But I think it's time to get into the nitty-gritty. Team USA, we'll start there. The team with the experience on, on the roster, largely comprised of PGA Tour players with the exception of Brooks Kepka. According to Zach Johnson said it was an absolute no-brainer. I am looking forward to a Brooks Kepka Roy McElroy singles match if it comes to it. Hope to God it does. Uh-huh. Uh, even him against Ron would be, would be wildly entertaining. Just get in everyone's head. Be it be a dick. Also, he has the freedom flow going. It's beautiful. Is there any pairings or groupings that you expect in the foursome and the four ball that we should be looking at? Uh, for the first two days at the Ryder Cup on, on the USA side? I think a big one is Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. I think it's the worst-kept secret. We all know it's going to happen. Um, and if Justin Thomas doesn't play well, oh Zach, boy. Zach, I love you, but oh, my God. Uh, he better play well. 
So uh, I, I think that one's a slam dunk, personally. That one's going to happen. Um, other than that, I think Patrick Cantley and Sam Burns, that's an, that could be an interesting um, an interesting pairing, uh, pairing up right there. I think potentially maybe someone like uh, Max Homa and Colin Morikawa. I think those two, those two guys, their games kind of complement each other really well. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm looking at this roster and I'm trying to find someone who could like mesh well with Brooks. <laughs> well, so, so based on, I, I was going through uh, st- stats on last year's Ryder Cup and um, ironically, Steve Stricker paired Brooks Kepka up with Daniel Berger and then the following day matched him up with Jordan Speed. They actually wound up losing two, two and one uh, to Ram and Sergio. I don't know if a Kepka Speed pairing is is good. I mean, at the end of the day, whoever you put with Jordan Speed, you're never really out of the match considering how, how good a putter he is. But with Brooks Kepka, I mean, his game is so versatile, which I think kind of makes it – you can kind of plug and chug him anywhere. If going out, out on a limb – would it be crazy to put him with one of the rookies for the for the USA team, whether it be a Wyndham Clark or a Brian Harmon, somebody who maybe has not really conflicting game, but they're both really good T to green, and then it just it really just comes down to the putter at that point. I think that could be interesting. I think honestly, I think if we're looking if we if we factor in personalities, I think Brooks and Ricky. Because Ricky, I feel like, can play with anybody, and he's also a very strong putter. Historically, he's a very strong putter. And the thing with Brooks that we have to keep in mind, because he's such a bomber, his game can get a little bit sideways sometimes. So mm-hmm. he needs someone that can kind of pick him up, What if it's like an alternate shot kind of thing, you know, or, um, you know, or whatever. I think you need someone that could potentially pick him up with other parts of his game. And I think Ricky Ricky could be someone like that. And Ricky just gels well with everybody. You know, I think it's hard to sit there and put someone like Jordan Spieth with Brooks after all the shit that Jordan Spieth was saying for a while mm-hmm. about Liv. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. So the 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 USA comparative to Marco Simone that they keep on matching it up with to a degree is like TPC Scottsdale in terms of that like big stadium style course. Yeah. Wide enough fairways, big enough greens. Uh, when you put it that way, it would make sense to put Ricky with the Bruce Kepka, two guys who have won there in the past. Um, personally, I think a Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark pairing would also be, be really interesting. Both are incredibly strong putters. You're basically guaranteeing yourself par every hole at that point, really, considering how strong they both are at, at, as putters from long distance and short and short wise, plus also. They have this uh, like unhackable jailbird putter that like no one can figure out yet. So I think those two are fun. I think aside from JT and Speed, I think the, I think the other worst kept secret in all of golf is Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. Uh, they played with they, they played alongside each other for the last two years at the Zurich Classic. I think when they won, when I predicted them to win, I think two years ago or, or was it last year, they had like a scoring average like seven strokes better than everybody else in the field which was like a ludicrous number. I think the number still stands to this day. 
Um, I think that they're they're averaging like seven strokes gained tee to green between the two of them. So them right there is already a a home run play. I think you're right with Homa and Morikawa. I think that's that's a really strong grouping. Um, but also something that that is that's a little bit underrated uh, as in terms of one person on this team who I think can really mesh with everyone. I think is Sam Burns. As talented a putter he is, his the rest of his game is choppy depending on on the day. But when he's on and he's dialed, he's really good. I think if you could match him up with the right player off the tee and with the right and with the right approach game, Sam Burns can putt on any surface and putt so well. Um, he's so good on Bermuda. He's really good on bent grass. The faster it is, the better he is. So I think Sam Burns is a really good rookie to have in your pocket for Team USA. Uh, but yeah, I think he'd be actually. I think he'd actually be good for Brooks. That'd be a good pairing. I, I think my, good. my big question mark is who are you putting putting with Brian Harmon? Like he seems like the one oddball guy out of the entire group. I know it's he doesn't really fit. Like him and Colin could work. That could work. Brian and Max that could work. That's I think Max. I think Max and Colin just work so well. You also got you. You, you also also have to consider what Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa. I think swept every single match they played two years ago. Can you get a player that's similar to a, to, a, to a DJ type to match up with Colin? If it, it's even possible, I honestly don't know. Uh, I mean, looking at this roster, no, because there's yeah. not another golfer on planet Earth that's like Dustin Johnson. All right, well, you know, co- comparatively speaking, if you can get as close to the number as you could possibly try, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, if you want to t- t- talk about, about the all-around game and the ability to to hit it far and get get it in really good spots, Scotty Scheffler and Colin Morikawa seem like a monstrous duo. That would be incredible. I think that's good. Yeah, that's a good one too. And like, and honestly, like Scotty Scheffler is kind of the story here because you already know that 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 at least for singles, they're gonna be they're gonna th- they're gonna send out Colin. They're gonna send out Scheffler. Cantlay is gonna be a single. Ricky's pro- maybe a single that would make sense with how good he's played a- as of late. Yeah, and I would uh, and I would push out Max Homa as well as five guys. So I think we'll easily crack that. Um, whether or not you put Wyndham Clark out there, I don't don't totally know. And then of course Brooks. So like when you put all them out now at that point, you're only tr- you're trying to figure out all right who can we match up with. Scotty Scheffler c- c- I think can jive with anybody. And again, actually, if you put Ryan Harmon with him, it would also kind of make sense. Put the not going to say, say say the best and worst players on the team together, but put kind of the odd man out with the best player in the world. I think it would totally uh, make sense. Let's push push sides over now to the European team. And again, a team of much younger players than what we're usually used to, but a team full of pedigree and guys who are really on a hot streak. The BMW last week, I think eight guys finished in the top 20 at the BMW not to mention the fact that Rory, Rom, Hovland, and Hatton are all kind of at the top of their game right now, with Fitzpatrick kind of very closely heading up the rear. Um, any pairings, any duos, guys who you know, obviously I think the top four that I mentioned are going to wind up being in singles as well, but what are some pairings that you find interesting, and is there any sleepers on this team, obviously, with uh, Robbie McIntyre and Lobig Aberg making their debuts in the Ryder Cup? Okay, real quick. I don't know if you've seen Robert McIntyre's picture on the Ryder Cup website. 
He's hilarious. He looks, he looks like a kid who's like trying way too hard in like an Instagram profile pic. <laughs> Let me pull it up. It's really funny. You'll get what I'm saying when you see it. I love Robbie McIntyre because he <laughs> the hand the hand on the hip. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's like it's like picture day. It's so funny. Oh, oh my god, that's great. I know. Right? Also, I I don't know if you noticed this on the team website. Like everyone's quarter zips look way too high up their neck. Like Matt Fitzpatrick, like yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick, he, he's like burying himself in the quarter zip. He, his so, head looks way too small for his body. All of them look way too small for their bodies, except for Fleetwood. Eh, well, Rory and Rom look fine. Oh yeah, no, I, I didn't scroll down. Yeah, they look fine. Justin Rose has a pretty long neck, so so that kind of makes sense. But like like the rest of them, they're all swimming in their uh, the, their jackets. Hovland's kind of getting there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Proceed with. with with your points all right all right so we're talking about um team pairings correct yeah what we're talking about for either day whatever you predict for the european side okay uh i think i think a matt matt fitzpatrick tommy fleetwood uh pairing that would be a good one uh i think any someone if you wanted to do like uh justin rose is really like he's the oldest one so if you wanted to put like Ludwig Aberg, uh, Aberg with uh, with Justin. I think that would be a good one. Um, someone like, oh man, like Robbie Mack and Rory McIlroy. I think that would be an intriguing one for sure. I mean, you have power and precision, power with Rory and precision with uh, with Robert McIntyre. Um, perhaps like a Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton uh pairing that's also a pretty good possibility um i'm trying to think who else i mean a victor hovland john rom that just kind of makes sense i think uh rom with rom's game being so good as it is and victor with his ball striking and his elite putting i think he's a good fit for anyone on that team mm -hmm. personally um but i think he and rom would have a pretty good rapport out there uh personally so yeah so I, I have three that really stand out to me. Um, I totally agree on Rory and Mac. Those two sound absolutely perfect. I think Robert McIntyre is the, the, the quiet hero of, of this team. He's going to get his teammate or just, just the team in general out of a lot of holes uh, because, he's such, he, because he's so good around the green. I think he's perfect, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be short game or putting. And then, of course, McIlroy's power is just unprecedented, and he hits it so well. Um I think Rom and Hatton are a perfect duo, considering they're both really good on the green, both really good on approach. Tyrrell doesn't hit it nearly as far, but Rom makes up for it in his ability to have to go long irons. Um, and honestly, his, his long irons are, are as good are as good as anything else. So I think Rom and Hatton stand out. A third one that I really like, uh, and th there's a point um, in the following part, like what gives each side the edge uh, this week? Justin Rose is the Swiss army knife for this roster, and it's not even close. Not only does he lead in the age, but he, even at 38, 40 years old, how old is he exactly? He's 43. Even at the age that he's at, is still so effective in every single facet of the game. He certainly doesn't hit it as far as, as everybody else in the roster, 
But you match him up with a guy like you said, Love the Gayberg, even the Nikolai Hogard, who does hit the ball 320. You get Justin Rose anywhere within 200 yards, it's a slam dunk. I think he's going to be the uh, the key difference maker. And Europe always thrives on on the guys with the most experience. Sergio Garcia has uh, doesn't have the most wins for no reason. Like he's a, there's a reason why he's the guy and has been the guy for the last 20 years uh, on this roster. So McElroy, McIntyre, Raman Hatton. Again, I think you could put Hovland with literally anybody. Uh, Fitzpatrick Fleetwood fits great, and I think uh, Justin Rose and one of the younger guys, a Hogard or an Aberg, um, I think fits absolutely perfect. In terms of the guys that you're going to pit in those singles, uh, I think there's no reason that you don't pick the top five guys: McElroy, Rom, Hovland, Hatton, Fitzpatrick. Um, certainly could throw out top, certainly throw throw out Fleetwood there. I think the USA team has much better captains picks overall, but I just think Team Europe has more of that. Uh, cohesiveness because a lot of those guys do know do know each other more and in terms of the rookie talent love the gayberg is a, is a sensation uh in only what's the thing think three pg tour events and the guys are already already in a rider cup spot so i think this team is really talented i think justin rose is the guy is there anybody though on either side that's going to be the ultimate edge this week or is there something that one team has versus the other that's going to give them the ultimate edge to win this week it's Brooks Kafka because if he goes up against Rory, Rory might just fold like a chair. I really believe it. <laughs> I do. I really believe it. Um, That's great. I I would pay. Now I don't have a lot of money, but um, but the money I do have, the, I would pay some money. To see a finals match and to have it come down, could you imagine the whole thing comes down to Rory and Brooks? All of the shit that has been talked, all of the drama between Liv and the PGA Tour, how Rory's been outspoken, how Brooks initially said it was a sellout and then jumped ship and said opinions change and blah, 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 blah. I think that would be that if it comes, if, if you said to me, Ben, it comes down to the final, the final match and it's going to come down to Rory and Brooks. I'm like, Oh, Brooks has got that one in the bag. <laughs> He's got that one in the bag. So I hope that that's what happens. I really do. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, just, just, Mic them up. Let's just let's just see it for for the entirety of the uh, the match. That would be incredible. Yeah, not my. I have two keys for each side. Uh, for the USA, I think I think the key, and and I think it comes down comes down to one guy each. For Team Europe, I had already said it. It's Justin Rose. Uh, for Team USA, though, I really do think Sam Burns is going to be a difference maker. He got snubbed two years ago. He very much deserved to, to have been there. Did not get his opportunity. Now he's here. Although he got a really bad haircut going into this one, so it'll be uh, interesting to see how, how the freedom flow works. But he's so versatile in so many different ways, and I think at a golf course like this, Sam Burns is a home run pick uh, as a captain's pick. I'm just hoping to God that, as we mentioned, Justin Thomas doesn't shit the bed. Uh, despite a really good week at, at the 40 net, I I don't know what to expect from him, honestly. Uh, with, every, with everything that, that's been going on with him, pushing his father away and trying to figure out his own swing and firing his putting coach. And 
he's like playing with a bunch of pool noodles on the range like he's a at a fucking kiddie pool like i, hey, I don't hey, know what the deal hey, is. hey hey don't make fun of people that play with pool noodles i use pool noodles when i when i practice just shut up all right one pool noodle for a training aid is one thing having like four of them and it's like it's like the uh, tiktoks of guys who like actually like, actually like the I basket use, on the head and actually actually you human dildo i use like generally, generally i use three or four as well so yeah so suck it it works so mr i shot 98 at beth page yellow Okay, maybe you should. Maybe you could use some use some pool training aids too. This is why you're the uh, the pro, and I'm the average Joe. You're below average Joe, but keep going. Okay, next, Ashley. I, I will have you know that only like 38 percent of golfers break 100. Congratulations! I'm so proud of you. One more break. Let me come back. Picks. You know the drill. Just a reminder, everybody, the most effective and direct way to support the Get in the Hole podcast and Underground Sports Philadelphia is by getting your merch. That's right. Get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is our official merch provider, and they are providing our listeners with the most unique and unbelievable designs for the great fans of the sport of golf and for our Philadelphia brethren, the great fans of Philly as well. Again, the whole podcast merch is officially on their website, so you can go to the Underground Sports Philadelphia tab where all of our podcast merch is available, and that is the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia and with the Get in the Hole podcast. So go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. That's how they know we sent you guys there, how they know you're coming from the Get in the Hole podcast from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND and you get 10% off any merch order from our friends at PHI Apparel Company. Now, let's get back into the Get in the Hole podcast. It's no secret that, that Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are going to play together. If they do make an appearance this week, it'll be the, the most appearances for a duo in a Ryder Cup. Tying them with Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed, who have seven appearances together. Let's get into the picks, folks. Prop, it's time for our prop bets. Brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. We'll get to the to the beer money in a little bit. Doing a little bit of USA versus Europe prop bet discussion, and let's get right into the ad read. Our friends over at Kenwood Beer providing you the best light beer Philadelphia can buy. Now licensed to sell in the state of New Jersey. Really big news from the Kenwood boys. Check them out, KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker. Find where you can get your hands on a classic Kenwood Pilsner. And let's just jump right into some things. I have a list of uh, USA versus Europe prop bets that we can go off of. Uh, I'll I'll read them off. You tell me what you think. I'll start, I will start off with this. The first point scored will be by who? USA or Europe? U.S. The leader after day one, USA or Europe? Europe. Leader after day two, USA or Europe? It'll be all square. Neither. Player with the first eagle in singles. Ooh, that's a good one. Or sorry, side, not not player specific. Like, who will have the first eagle in singles, USA or or Oh, um... We'll, We'll keep it general. We won't dig too deep. U.S. Uh, the biggest winning margin in an individual match. 
Ooh, like an individual singles match? Uh, singles or or doubles, just whatever whatever the biggest margin of victory will be. Or if you want to give me, give me a number for each, you can. Six and five. The tournament winning margin. Oh man, how many is how many like uh, how many there possible is points are there? Possible points. That's, you kind of have to factor that in. Something, something that I should have noted. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> let me see what I was going to say. Um, possible total points that are available. I, I, I want to say the number is like 30. I could be wrong, right? Because there's... Uh, the one thing that I literally don't have. Um, shit. All right, so last year's Ryder Cup, it was 19 to 9, so that would mean that there is, quick math on my calculator, 28 points to go around. Uh, we're looking at 16 to 13. 16 to 13. Wait, is that... Wait, it was 19 to 9. Yes, at 28. So, yeah, 16 to 13. What? No, it would be 16 to 12. Wait. It's 19 20, to 9. 28 points. Oh, yeah, whoops. Uh, yeah, at least 16 to 12. That's what it is, yeah. Mathematics are hard. All right, let's sure. take it into the fun stuff. Let's take it into the fun stuff. Beer money time brought to you by friends again. Kenwood Beer. We start off with the top rookie point scorer this week at the Ryder Cup. Either side, you pick your name. Some lines that are available on a couple sports books. Max Homa, plus 300. Ludwig Aberg, plus 350. Wyndham Clark and Sam Burns both come in at plus 500. Hogard and Straka, 8 to 1. Harmon, 9 to 1. And McIntyre, 10 to 1. Rounding up to the back. Honestly, I'm going to go with Ludwig Aberg. I think this kid's going to shock a lot of people. Like, no one knows who he is. I think he's just going to blow people out of the water. Like, people are going to be like, whoa. I think the, the the hardest part about this is that you aren't you, you don't know who's playing when, so, like, it's all variable based on, on how much they play. Uh, I don't know how much Ludwig Eber is going to play in this match. I don't know if he's going to get a singles. I don't, I don't know if he's going to play multiple doubles matches. Whatever it is, Um my my thought is is that based on usage, and hopefully it's it, it, hopefully he's used enough. I think I think Robbie Mack is a great play if he if he gets in three matches in the first two days. You won't get a single, but if he goes three and zero for a rookie, I think that that'd be a really big uh, push for him. Top captain's pick. We'll do one in America, one in Europe. So top point getter amongst the captain's picks. Uh, I'm gonna be super basic. I'm I'm gonna say Brooks for the U.S. And then for God for Europe, I'm gonna go with Justin Rose because he's like that. You said it best. He's like that Swiss Army knife. You know, he's useful. All right. Uh... I want to take someone who someone who, who, who isn't Brooks. Um, I'm gonna go Colin Morikawa. Okay. 
And I think the layup pick for for your Tommy Fleetwood, he's he's gonna be used. He he's gonna be used like an old rag. He's gonna he's gonna be used in every single event that they could possibly try and squeeze him into. He'll play. So that'll be where I'm going there. The top American point scorer. Oh, that's good. That's a good one, man. Oh man, give me a second on that one. These are hard. Like I. I, I remember doing this two years ago with John. I was like, I don't, I don't know who the who the fuck's gonna go where. Although I did say, I think I said, I think I said, said Dustin Johnson as the as the highest uh, U.S. getter, and he went obviously five and zero. Patrick Cantley. Ooh, all right, all right, I see you. Um, hmm. well, if Cantley gets paired with Shoffley, and let's say, and let's say that, that, that they win four matches. Let's just say. Only four points, and then one of them's gonna want a single. I mean, the layup answer Scotty Scheffler. But depend I think I think stacking up matchups, I think I think Shoffley is gonna get an easier matchup matchup than Cantley will. I'll take Xander Shoffley is the top American point scorer in in this tournament. I think, okay. I think it's a, a great play here. The top European point scorer. I think this one for me is a slam dunk. I think this player is going to take the baton from his fellow countrymen, John Rom. I think it's Victor Hovland. I th- wow. I think it's- okay, that's a good one too. I was like, I, th- I think this is the this, this is the home run for for Victor Hovland. And look, like people can can think the think think that the Ryder Cup is overrated, and they can disagree with everyone saying that it's not a isn't it isn't as huge a deal? You're not getting paid. You're not doing this for the points. Victor Hovland's gonna go four and zero, or like or whatever. He, he'll go undefeated, in my opinion. And when he does, he's gonna solidify himself as the best golfer in the world behind Rom Scheffler, Rory. Like he is already at this level, and I think he needs this like one national stage to prove it. It's a home run for Victor Hovland for me for the top point getter and they're going to put him in everywhere wouldn't be surprised if you see a a match you're looking at like singles brooks and rory scotty and rom hovland and like cantley i would take victor hovland in that one honestly it's tight but victor's game all, all around is just spectacular the winner of the 2023 44th Ryder cup the USA has not won in Europe since 93. Europe is undefeated in continental Europe. Can Zach Johnson and his band of five vice captains finally dethrone the Europeans? Win the revolution, just like George Washington did. The only thing we're missing is uh, Kevin Kisner's 1776, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's in it's in Italy. Um, doesn't but- matter. Doesn't matter that it, Hey, look, the USA won the revolution. They won World War One, World War Two. They're undefeated. <laughs> they yeah, aren't in Ryder Cups. The US, the US is gonna win. They're gonna win. US is gonna win. And I know you. Yeah, I know you're not gonna pick them, but US is gonna win. No, I've been having the internal debate for about a good week and a half. Um, no, you're like the most indecisive human being I've ever met. 
have you met my girlfriend? Um, I did that. Actually, I was about to say my one of my ex girlfriends is pretty indecisive too. We get to we get to the point where I'll ask her, "What? Well, hey, what do you want for dinner?" And she goes, "Oh, whatever you want." And then I'll and I'm like, "Well, I don't know what I want. So how about this?" I go, "All right, I'll let you choose what I want. I'll give you three restaurants that I want to go to or three places." And you tell me which one, because secretly the one she picks is also the one that she wants. I'm like, great, we'll go there. So that that's the key, folks. If you ever uh, have an indecisive lady friend, that's the that's the answer. I mean, she's a lot more than your lady friend. She's your fiance. Don't let her. <laughs> she said she's a lady friend. <laughs> She'll... Well, I, I'm saying for, for the general consensus, like you may have whatever situation you're in. Um, All right. Your- yeah, so yeah. I've been I've been having this internal debate for a good uh, week or so. I'm leaning Europe because of just the European home field advantage factor, but there's something about the American experience that we haven't really seen this before in a very long time with how how well rounded they are, and honestly, they do have the deeper bench. Um, it'll be narrow. I think America wins by one singular point. I think I think they barely get over the hump. And I think the only reason for that is that if Justin Thomas can squeak out two good matches and Steph Straka or Nikolai Hilgard fuck up in any way, in any way, shape, or form, that'll be the nail in the coffin. I think Europe has to they're really good, but they can't rely too heavily on McElroy, Hovland, and Rom to get things done. They need to have a stellar weekend. Uh, but I think I think the USA can make more mistakes and rebound from them as opposed to Team Europe. So I'll take the USA by a slim pickings one point. And there you have it. Final thoughts, Ben. Ryder Cup week. So excited for this. I'm going to be doing zero work considering uh, the, the the back end of matches start at like 7 in the morning. So no work for me uh, during during the work weekend. What are your thoughts, Final final thoughts going into the week? I'm just happy this this took us less than an hour. Um, Told you it would. Actually, you said something more like "good luck with that" or whatever. But anyway, um, no, I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm predicting a U.S. win. I've been predicting a U.S. win for several weeks, and that's just what's going to happen. And I fully believe that. And um, who knows? Maybe my beer money picks now that it's uh, not like a normal PJ Tour event. Maybe it'll actually be like a little bit better. They probably won't. I still suck at them. I'm just like I've I've completely I've succumbed to the the suckitude of beer money picks. I I suck at I suck at it. It's you know look I you know I'm I'm an elite I'm an elite golfer you know and Steven's got to pick up the slack somewhere so you got the beer money so you know what look I. If, if you can't beat them, join them. And if you can't, uh, if you can't hit it 300 yards, you might as well bet on the guys who hit it 300 yards. So, so for me, I'll take that as a win. Um, my final thought: I saw Scotty Scheffler was getting a putting lesson today from a English golf pro. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! So, and I saw a really funny tweet, and it was, "Well, when, well, when in Rome." Scotty Scheffler better better get his ass to the Vatican and get a blessing from from the Pope, or else that putter's gonna be cursed. So, who knows? But uh, if Team USA is smart, they go to the Vatican and they get uh, Pope Francis to give a little blessing and 
maybe like cleanse cleanse the golf clubs in uh, in holy water. Also, Jordan Spieth is without his wife th- this weekend. She's watching the uh, the babies. You can't tell me. You cannot tell me. Tell me, Jordan Spieth is really happy getting getting a weekend away from the family. Let's be honest. <laughs> Everyone else is like on the gangway with their wives, and it's just Jordan Spieth. Like, what's up? Hanging out, uh, folks. Thank you so much for for tuning in tuning in this week. The Ryder Cup is so special to a lot of people, and I think this is a really fun episode, and I, I love getting to do it. Thank you guys for joining us this week. For Ben Pierre, I'm Stephen McAvoy. Like, subscribe, follow all the socials, get in the whole pod, YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. Tell us how good we're doing or how, or, or how bad we're doing and how good Ben's arms look. For Ben Pierre, I'm Stephen McAvoy. We will see you next week. Go USA. Let's go for the Ryder Cup. Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod, and follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. We'll see you next time, and remember, Get in the Hole!